Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Uh, it's going to be on your screen, but I want you to get your Bibles out. There's something about following along. Come on, amen. It's good to see all of your lovely faces on this weekend. I wasn't expecting this many people. I was expecting you guys to be at the beach, but praise God, you're hungry for the Lord. Amen. Now, before I read this very popular portion of Scripture, I'm going to just pause and say I'm not going to go where you think I'm going. Because uh, I'm going to touch on where you think I'm going just to get that out of the way. But I'm going to read this Scripture through the prophetic lens of a dream that I had. And a dream that I had is this Tuesday. And again, it, for me to remember a dream, that's something, right? Um, but my wife is usually the dreamer, and I'm usually the one who, like, forgets everything and, and just thinks about pizza and ice cream or something. No, just joking. But, I mean, I, he, she's, she's usually the more of a, the dreamer. But I, I, when I woke up this past Tuesday, in my dream, I don't remember all, the, all the, um, the dynamics of the dream. I don't remember a voice that, like, right when I, before I woke up, and the words of, the, of this, which is going to, you'll understand when I, when I read it, is, who do men say that I am? That's what I heard. Just, just like that. Who do men say that I am? And of course, we all know that scripture, and I'm thinking, okay, well, this is a, what are you trying to say, Lord? And I'm going to tell you the title of it after I read the scripture, because um, this, this, this phrase has a twofold meaning spiritually. I'm going to get the one that you think it's about out of the way. I'm going to tell you what I felt the Lord say when he thundered that. Because for him to give me a specific dream like that, um, I really felt from the Lord that he was talking about something uh, uh, addition to that. So in Matthew chapter 16, um, verse uh, 13 in the ESV. Put it up on the screen, 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 not scream. All right. If you're there, say amen. Okay, I am in the, okay, here it is. Now, when Jesus came to the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? Repeat that again. Who do people say that the son of man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But Jesus said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. I'm going to stop right there because we all know the story. Who do you say that I am? Uh, You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And so when I heard that, obviously... The first thing that comes to our mind is the, the fact that Jesus is saying, okay, by the way, let me pause and say, Jesus does not have an identity crisis when he is asking this question. He is not saying, hey, can someone tell me who, what they're saying about me? But I want you to listen to the twist because they're going to be prophetic this morning based on a dream that I feel that God is challenging us. And it is this, in a time, wait, let me pause and say this, the first little two minutes of this little introduction is what you uh, what this really means which is it doesn't matter who what who Jesus is to Pastor George it doesn't matter who Jesus is to to Tiffany or to Gabby or to Chris it doesn't matter who 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 Jesus is to an anointed figure who is Jesus to you 
Now, that, that is what the text is about. That's actually what it's about. But there's also a prophetic edge to this. I'm not going to so much talk about that first part, although that is super important. That's why I have to get it out of the way so you can know. Let's settle in our heart. You can't base your walk with God on other people's revelation of who Jesus is. So he says, well, some Elijah, some John the Baptist, some Jeremiah. And he goes, uh-huh, uh-huh, but what do you, who do you say I am? And then, of course, Peter said, you are uh, the son of God. You are Jesus, the son of, the, of, of God. Now watch this. But here's part two to this. Here's what the Lord told me about this. In a day and hour where it's so popular to not care uh-uh, what people think about us, We don't get our identity based on what people think about us, but we do need to figure out what are they saying because what they say has to do with our reputation. Put the title up. Our reputation, listen, creates our impact. Who do people say you are? This is the context of the message. When I heard that phrase, who do men say that I am? I knew what the context of that scripture meant. But what I felt the Holy Spirit say is, you need to make sure that you bring back and honor godly reputation because our ungodly reputation will be a bad testimony of people believing Jesus. Listen, you only create your testimony by what other people see you doing. That's the only way you create your testimony. Sorry, your reputation. You cannot create a reputation in private. That's called integrity. That's called building character. That integrity is what you do in private. But, but listen, reputation is what people see you doing in public. And so in a day and hour where we could say, oh, I don't care what people th- say about me. We have to, we, there is truth to that because you can't identify your identity based on what people think. But watch this. If two or three or four people are saying the same thing about you that you cannot be trusted, is because somewhere along the line you are giving them evidence and ev- am- ammunition about your lifestyle for them to conclude that that is your reputation. Come on, somebody. Oh, come on. I See, I know you weren't going to clap on this because it has to do to restore our reputation. Our reputation creates our impact. Do you realize that someone won't come to church with you? You can't preach. You can't sin with them and preach to them at the same time. So you're sinning with them, and then you're preaching to them. And what, what, what happens is your reputation no longer is trusted. So who do men say that you are? Hello? Hello? Who do people say that you are? That's the, that, what I'm trying to say, the title of this message is, your reputation creates your impact negatively or positively. The reason why I have heard that some spiritual sons and some spiritual daughters have come back throughout the years and they stick with me, not because I'm special. And, and even though, even when they don't agree with me and sometimes, even though when I get a little rough on them sometimes, you know what they always say at the end? Yeah, I know, but he, he loves God. They've told me that. They're like, I know, he, I know he's that way, but I know he loves God. Now listen to me. What's the common denominator of the, even though they, they got it wrong, what was the common denominator of the, uh, the words or the titles of the, of, of the people that they, saw, they thought Jesus was? What's the common denominator? They said, who, does, who do they say I am? What was the common denominator? Notice that none of them said, um, you remind, some people think that you're Barabbas, the criminal. Uh, some people say that you are Nebuchadnezzar. They didn't say that. They said, some say you're, you're, you're Elijah, prophet, 
Did I see you prophesy? Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're Jeremiah because you really are weeping and you're, you're, you're prophecy. But they, they think you're Jeremiah. Watch this. Some people say you're John the Baptist because you call people to repent. We've seen you call people to repentance. Not one time did people say about Jesus' reputation, even though they didn't, none of them said it other than Peter, that he was some evil king. You know why? Because they saw him do good works and good things. Now watch this. This is key. Your reputation determines if people will listen to you or not. Ladies, how many ladies do we have in the house? All right. First, I'm going to talk to the ladies. What makes you buy a product or trust a product? Come on. What? Uh, other than, oh, wait. Other than you like it. <laughs> okay. Reviews. Right? But what does reviews have to do with the product? It's, speaking of what? It's reputation. You and I look at reviews before we go to a restaurant. Most of us. Some of us don't care what we, what we eat. We look at reviews before we buy a product. Why? Because, watch this. Listen, listen. We could get stuck as well. I don't care what those, those people say. No. Not everything that people say and conclude about you is gossip. See, we could say, well, they're just gossiping about me. But how can someone conclude your reputation unless you're showing something for them to conclude it your reputation is not built in private it's built in public what do people say you are doing what do people see you doing how do you respond to bad news how do you respond to affliction what in your job if if i would say your name to your boss will they know that you're a christian come on somebody if i would say your name to your friends that don't go to church will they be shocked that you're a christian if I say your name among your peers that don't go to church, or, or, let me just say this. If, there, if you were on trial by the world and you were accused of being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to accuse you that you're a Christian? Well, I've seen that guy. guy I see he's one of those Christians. He grabs his Bible all the time, and he comes early to, to, the, to the job, and he's in this corner praying all the time. And every time we curse, he doesn't curse. He don't laugh at our dirty jokes. He must. Listen, listen. The Bible says when they saw Peter and John and they were untrained men speaking with boldness the gospel, they said this, they must have been with Jesus. They, they concluded the reputation of godly people has to be linked with a godly man. Who are you? What are people saying about you? Stop. Before you get all defensive, I know that's not shaping your identity. Let's, let's take that out. But now, now that we've taken that out, if people are saying, if more than one people are saying to you about you that you are a complainer, there is probably truth to that. No one just most of the time just grabs things out of the air and says it about you is what they see you doing. Look at what the Webster Dictionary says about reputation so you won't look at me like I have some, some stuff on my head. Look at Webster Dictionary, not PG. Are you ready? Definition of reputation, overall quality or character as seen or judged by people in general. Seen or judged by people in general. One of the reasons why people trust you is because you've built a reputation of trust. If you're like the boy that cried wolf and there's no wolf, Guess what? When you're really in trouble, no one's going to believe you. 
You cry spiritual wolf, oh, no, 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 no. You know what's going to happen? Your name, by the way, here's a little foreshadow. Every time the word, not every time, but there's a lot of times where the word, says na- the word of God says name, your name, that has to do with your reputation. Your name and your reputation are linked together. When they say your name, what pops in people's head? Oh, come on, somebody. If you just say your name, do they go, oh, boy. They're always late. They're always cranky. They're always they're never on time. They're 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 lazy, but yeah. He but they're but they're 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 Christians. <laughs> Do you know that we could give Jesus a bad name based on our bad reputation? I'm going to show you in a little bit, which I don't think is in this in, in back there. But it's not a, a reputation is built by our actions, not just by our words. True reputation. Look, look at the the other definition of of reputation. Everybody say reputation recognition by other people, this is literally word for word, recognition by other people of some characteristic or ability. So your reputation is on trial by the church and by the world. And let me tell you something. When Jesus says do not judge, what he's saying there is don't judge with fault-findingness. In other words, I don't like you, so I'm going to find something wrong about you. No, but we are, uh, we are held accountable to judge our brothers and sisters according to how we're walking in the Lord. I have a right to judge, judge you or hold you accountable. That's basically the same thing. If you claim to be a Christian and your actions are not following it. I, but most people are saying, oh, well, that's just judging. No, no, no. I'm, just, I'm judging you according to the standard of the word of God. Right? Now, now watch this. Everybody say, who do men say that I am? Now let that marinate on you for a little, let sizzle on you like a little, little bacon in this morning. Glory to God. Do they, say, do they say positive things about you? Do they say you're a man of God? Do they say you're a woman of God? I'm not saying about perfection. What do they say about you? Do they say you're faithful? Do they say, do they, do they say that you're a godly person? Or do they say, this person's a leader? They were drinking with us last night. They were partying with us last night. Listen, this may sound like a youth message, but it's not a youth message. Adults need to hear the fact that we, we could say something and act totally different. I heard the Lord in the dream say, tell them, what do people say they are? Notice, when they responded to Jesus, the reputation of a godly man came out of them. Come on, somebody. They noticed something about Jesus that attributed them to Elijah, Jeremiah, and, and, and the, one of the prophets. So, what am I saying this? Look at this next slide. Your reputation is built by what people hear or see you doing. Your reputation, my reputation, is built by what other people hear or see you doing. Come on, say amen. Everybody say a name. Look what Proverbs chapter 22 verse 1 says. Look at what Proverbs 22 verse 1. Everybody say my reputation is by other people. My integrity is for me. Now watch this. Proverbs 22, verse 1 in the NLT. Look what it says. Now, in the New King James, if you want to test it out, in the New King James, this word says, a good name. A good name is rather to be chosen than silver and gold. But look how the NLT reads it. Choose, come on, read that with me. A good reputation, come on church, over great riches. 
being held in high esteem is better than silver or gold. Oh, oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus. Choose a good reputation over great riches. When's the last time that you found gold? When's the last time you found uh, silver? The Bible is implying that it's harder sometimes to find someone with a good reputation than to find silver and gold. But also, the Bible is clear to say, choose a place of high esteem. In other words, act like you act because you act like you act, not because you're acting differently. Through the word, say what you say, do what you do. Your reputation, our reputation is on trial. We, and this is going to sound weird, but I'm not trying to be weird. Whether you know it or not, people are watching you. I always feel like somebody's watching me. <laughs> Come on, you bunch of sinners. You can't know that song. <laughs> You're like, Pastor, you sang it? <laughs> Listen, I was at, you talk about reputation. Everybody say reputation. Whether you know it or not, your reputation is built by what other people see you doing. And don't call everything gossip. Some of it, God is actually using that to help shape you and make some changes. Because if you can't be trusted, let me tell you something, you will never be effective if you can't be trusted. And you, you listen, you, you know how you get trust? You earn it. You earn trust by your reputation. If you're flimsy, if you say you're going to be somewhere and you don't, you just ruin that reputation. If you say you're a leader and you're godly and you're messing around in front of everybody seeing you, you post the stuff on social media that is worldly, guess what? You may not go to hell. You may say that that's just over-religious, and maybe you're right. But to the eyes of people, you just gave them ammunition to call you something that you are not. Come on, church. Hey, in the name of liberty, I'm going to do this. I'm going to drink. I'll do that. But hey, listen, don't judge me. Don't judge me. You know, I'm an adult. I can drink when I want. Let me tell you something. But in the eyes of people, you know, you know what Paul the Apostle says? Apostle says, everything is lawful for me, but not everything is beneficial. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. Yes, lawful. Yeah, you're, you're free. Yeah, you, you don't need no religious people to keep you in check. But let me tell you, people are watching. And they will turn their back on God based on what they see Christians display. So I was at Walmart years ago, and I was a youth pastor. Listen to this. Some of you, I've heard this. You've heard this story, but it goes with my message. Reputation. It's time to build a godly reputation. Not just a church. What do people say? What do children say about you? Man, he's a praying man. Or is he, I'm like, I never see him pray. Or I never see them worship. I never, I never see them do anything with God. How, what, what are your children saying about you? Who do men say that I am? Mm. So I was in Walmart when I was a youth pastor years ago. Uh, Chris remembers this story. And I was, uh, you know, we had a powerful youth ministry. And I was, <laughs> I was looking something for my, my back. Now, now, this is like when the internet was like kind of just brand new. That's how old I am, okay? So I went to Walmart to look at a, a fitness magazine to try to get exercises for my back. <laughs> back in those days, you just, you know, I didn't, we just didn't know how to just look it up through our phone. And so I went to, to Walmart to look for some back exercises. My heart was pure. To the pure, all things are pure. But guess what was on most, most you know, uh, muscle magazines? It was a half-naked woman, which it was, <laughs> with a bikini going, 
like this, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm just, I'm just looking for back exercises, right? Now watch this. People are watching your reputation. So as I'm watching, as I'm looking at this, me consciously aware that there is like a half-naked woman on the cover, but I'm trying to look for back exercises. I hear, PG. What's going on? Hey, how you doing? Now, listen, I did that because I instinctively realized even though I was pure, I didn't want them to be effective and, be, and backslide because they were hurt because they misinterpreted something that they saw me doing. Come on, church. See, just because you could do it, you could wound people when you do it. Just because, you can, just because your heart is pure, listen, you could be, you, you could be sincere and be sincerely wrong. So I said, how you doing? Didn't see that, you know, that, I, thank God, because I, I, was, I was literally looking for a back exercise. And they're like, how you doing? We saw you. We thought that was you. And they, long story short, they were backslidden teenagers. And I saw them at Walmart, and they used to go to my church, to my youth group, and I started ministering to them right there at Walmart. And all of a sudden, one of them, I could tell, was hiding something. They wouldn't let me see what they, they had. Right? And I said, you need to go back to church. You need to get back right with God. And, and they started crying. I hugged them. I said, I want to see you at church. They're like, this is the divine appointment. Thank you, Pastor George. We're going to come to church. As they are leaving, I heard the voice of the Lord say, you could have ruined my, your testimony by what they saw, even if your heart was pure. So you got to be careful what you allow people to see. Guard the reputation of a godly woman. Come on, somebody. Guard the reputation of a godly man. You can't just be doing everything you want and act like you want and think that your reputation is going to not be affected. Well, they're just judging me. Guess, what? Guess who gave the ammunition, though? Come on, church. Come on, church. I'm smiling at you. They're judging me. All I'm doing is this. Yeah, you, but you gave them ammunition. Now, the part two to this is there's some people that are very critical, and they see sin in everything. Don't worry about those people. But you need to have a degree of care of how you are presenting yourself and how people view you. Not to shape your identity, to make sure that you are not wounding the testimony of Jesus through your freedom. Oh, this is good preaching. Every time there was an encounter, there was a reputation change in, in the Bible, mostly every time. Look at, look at Genesis 32. I don't know if I gave that to you guys. Genesis chapter 32, verse 22 and 28. Now, I, I may not even read it. If you want me to read it, I will. But this is the story of Jacob. How many remember Jacob in the Bible? Come on, raise your hand. How many do not remember Jacob in the Bible? Come on, how many do not remember? Okay, some of you who don't. Okay, there is a man named Jacob in the Bible. And guess what? Come on, you scholars, you know what it means. What does Jacob mean? Deceiver? What else? Supplanter? That means you're you're supplanting. You're trying to take advantage of somebody. That's the word supplanter means. Is a liar, a deceiver, a cheat? (laughs) That's a whole other sermon right there. God chose that guy. There's hope for me and you. Glory to God. So watch this. Watch this. Everybody say Jacob. By definition, the name Jacob means deceiver. Now guess what? Watch this. It wasn't just because his mom said, I am indeed, though. I'm going to call you a deceiver. Little deceiver. That's such a good name. Little liar. Give me a little liar, liarcito. (laughs) 
You know how they named them? Because he deceived from the womb. Esau was coming out, and the deceiver goes, oh, no, you don't get back in here. I'm coming out first. And watch this. And then he began all his life, his, his uncle Laban was the main deceiver. It was a family generational curse of deception. Laban made him work years just for one wife and tricked him. And then when, watch this, and then when, 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 when uh, Isaac was about to die, you know what Jacob did? The great man of God who was going to be trusted as one of the patriarchs of the faith, his mom told him to lie. Listen, listen, godly, I'm talking about godly family. I'm going somewhere with it. I'm going somewhere with this. I'm going somewhere with this. How did he get that reputation? How did he get the name deceiver? Did he just, did he just was bad luck and someone was mean to him and said, you're a deceiver? No, he deceived all his life. So his reputation was a deceiver. And I don't know about you, but I'm not going to trust a deceiver. And so in the last moments of his father's death, you know, Esau was like a, a hairy man, burly man, and, and warrior man. He was out there hunter. But, you know, J- but Jacob was like a mama's boy. You know, he was, ma- he, he's, like, he's in the kitchen. Jacob was like, what you want for dinner? Boy, I don't know. I don't, I'm not like, I'm, I'm a little like Jacob, but like not like Jacob, right? And so here he's took it up, and he's really like a really uh, just kind of in the background person, but he was a deceiver. And so his mom said, hey, look, kill, I got, kill, a, kill an animal. Put the fur of the animal on your skin because your father is mine. He's about to die, and the blessing belongs to the firstborn. But watch this. I'm not, you're, you're the chosen one, so let's deceive your father. So he comes here near, and, and he's like, and the father's like, well, you, you, know, you, sound, you sound like, like my son Jacob, but you, you feel like Esau. She says, okay, I'm going to give you the first blessing. Back in those days, once a, a, a man or woman of God pronounced a blessing, you couldn't take it back. It was just like the Lord, right? So he pronounced a blessing. Esau came later, and you know the story. He was heartbroken, and he was deceived. You fast forward. Now Esau's coming with 400 people, and he's about to kill him. He's about to kill him. But on the way, God, I believe, encountered Esau. And the Bible says in Genesis 32, I got you to this point. That um, the Bible says that Jacob was left alone. Please hear this. And a man wrestled with him, an angel of the Lord, or the Lord himself, some people say, until the breaking of day. He wrestled with him. Now watch this. This is going to get a revelation. And he kept wrestling. In other words, I have to change your nature and I have to change your name. Watch this. After he finished and he touched his hip and his hip got out of socket. Watch this. The first thing that the angel of the Lord said to Jacob was not, do you see God differently now? Look at this. It's powerful. Right after the encounter, the angel didn't say, now how do you see the Lord? He goes, what's your name? Okay. All right. All right. Look, look at this. 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 Remember, Jacob, deceiver. I, gotta, I love you so much. I got to wrestle this reputation of yours out. I got to do, listen, if you allow me to do the work in you and wrestle some things out, you're going to have a name change and a reputation change. And in order for people to trust you, you can't go on life deceiving people. Woo! Watch this. He wrestled with him. Look at, look, look at, look at the Bible. Look, put, that, put that scripture up there. I don't even know where it's at. Look at verse 26, 27. Okay. 
Then he said, let, let me go for the day break for Jacob. For, but Jacob said, I will not unless you bless me. He's wrestling because Jacob instinctively knows there's something wrong with me. I have these tendencies. I need you to wrestle them out. How many of you have a reputation that you have built that you need God to wrestle things out of you? Come on. Come on, church. How many of you have a reputation you get a little bit angry sometimes? That's not okay. That you can lie sometimes. That you can, you can lust sometimes without even uh, holding back. Let me tell you, that is not a good reputation to have if you're a person of the Lord. Can you be trusted? Can someone count on you when you say, I will be there for you, and then you never show up? That's part of your reputation. Some of you, some of you I feel the Lord saying this, have been hurt by people that said something but acted something differently. Now watch this. Keep that scripture up. Look at verse 27. Are you ready to shout? Look at this. And he said to him, what is your name? Time out. We all know that the angel knew who he was. Because after the wrestling match, after the encounter, what God was really after was that nature in you is not there anymore because you surrendered to my word. What's your name? And listen to what Jacob said. My name is what I've always been. I'm Jacob. Look, look, this. look at this. What is your name, Jacob? Then he said, your name, reputation, shall no longer be deceiver. But Israel, for you have striven and wrestled with God with men and have prevailed. He had a name change, a reputation change, when he submitted himself to the workings of the Lord, knowing that he needed a name change, a reputation change. And listen, even though he got broken in his hip, that's a whole other lesson right there. That means he had to be dependent on God for the rest of his life because he didn't do it on his strength. Some of, sometimes God has to lovingly break us in certain areas so we can lean on him more and not on our own strength. He goes, you will no longer be a deceiver. I'm going to mold you, and it's going to hurt a little bit, but you will be called Israel, which means prince. He went from a deceiver to the name change prince. Let me, let me tell you something. Of Israel, another person that had an encounter, Abram had an encounter. He became Abraham. He had an encounter with the Lord, but it was through almost sacrificing his own son. Saul was on his way to murder Christians, murder them. And in the middle of his journey, he had an encounter with the Lord. God dealt with him. He was blind for three days. And from that moment on, he went by the Apostle Paul. He no longer called himself the Apostle Saul. He called himself the Apostle Paul. Come on, church. Do you see what I'm getting at? Simon means wavering. Simon means unstable. Some of you have a reputation of being unstable. Listen, listen, when trials come, everything that you've learned in youth group and in church and stuff goes out the window. It's like you go to a journey weekend and you're free for a week. (laughs) And then all hell breaks loose in your family and you're like, God is not real. God 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 is not dealing with this. It's because you have not fully surrendered to the inner workings of the Lord. Simon was wavering. But when he got encountered with Jesus, he says, you're no longer Simon. You're going to be Peter, Petra, maybe he's rock, which means the opposite. I'm going to change your name. Some of you, you're about to have a spiritual name change. God doesn't want you to have a reputation, listen, that you're only praising God with your mouth, but your actions are different. He, listen, you, can't, you won't trust me as your pastor if you see me, see me doing stuff 
that is contrary to the word of God, maybe even slightly. And I'm going to share a phrase that I'd said to my RCCA students uh, that we've been going through an incredible time. I'm going to share with you what I believe a, a godly reputation means. Now watch this. Put this next slide. Are you getting something? A bad reputation ruins your testimony for Jesus. Look at this. But a good reputation enhances our testimony for Jesus. Glory to God. A bad reputation ruins your testimony for Jesus. Now, this is going to sound youthy, but it's not youthy. What are you, what are you allowing people to see about your life? Which, watch this, all in the name of freedom because you, you, you could do it. You got quiet in this Methodist church here. What are you pumping on social media? Okay, see, to you guys, if Pastor George says it to you guys, he's like, oh, that's just a little over the top. But I guarantee you, listen, I guarantee you, if I posted just even a couple of worldly music in my, in my thing, in my social media, and you saw me with a whole bunch of homeboys drinking a whole bunch of liquor, I will get so many emails. But yet, you could do it, and, it, and when someone calls you on it, it's being religious. No, it's about your reputation, sir. It's about what people see you doing. We have to be what I call above reproach. So I'm going to tell you what above reproach means because I'm going to go there. How many RCCA students remember that? Our RCCA, our academy, we talked about something called above reproach. Has anybody ever heard that term above reproach? That doesn't mean perfection. Above reproach means that you live your life in such a way that you do not give a foothold to the enemy and to people to accuse you negatively. Not that you are perfect. I want to make sure I stress that. It's the fact that living above reproach, you are intentional everywhere you go. Everything that you do and everything that you allow people to see about your life, that your mindset deep anchored in your soul means you're not going to allow your lifestyle to act in a way that will bring harm to the testimony of Jesus and who, who you really are as a man or woman of God. I could, act, I could act a fool all in the name of fun, but if someone sees me, that is their pastor or looks, uh, looks up to me through online and I'm acting like a fool and I'm not acting Christ-like, but I'm free to do it, guess what? I just harmed some people. You know what Paul the Apostle said? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check you before you get wrecked, okay? If eating meat offends someone, I will no longer eat meat. Watch this. In front of them. But you know what Christians, charismatics do? They're like, I'm free, brother. Look at this steak right here. You're just in bondage. Look. You're just in bondage. No, I'm just not saying you. I'm not saying you. Us charismatic Christians, we take freedom to say, to say look, I, I could eat this steak, and you're absolutely right. You could. But Paul didn't say, man, dude, look at this. You're just religious. Get out of here. You know what he said? He said, if eating meat offends him, if he's a weaker brother, he didn't say, I'm not going to eat meat ever again. He just said, I won't eat meat in front of him. Church, you're missing the point. Because he may be struggling with some things that right now I'm not going to prove my freedom with someone that they're, they're struggling with. You have to realize that your reputation could be the, the very thing that brings people to church. Your reputation could be the very thing that turns people away from God. That person's a Christian. They're always angry at me. They're always yelling at me. They're always telling me to shut up. Hello, somebody. Everybody say above reproach. As believers and followers, this is the slide of Christ, our reputation should be above reproach in everything we say and do. Take a picture of that. Everybody say above reproach. 
Now, I'm about to give you a long definition, but it's going to be on the screen. How many have never heard that phrase, above reproach? You never heard, you've never heard it? Okay. How many have heard that before? Okay. It doesn't mean perfection. Now, watch, watch, watch this. Above reproach means behavior that has no foothold attached to it in the sight of others. Behavior such that no negative criticism can be made about your godly reputation. Now, if this is convicting you, that's not me. So just a, just, a, just a disclaimer. If you're getting pounded, it's not me. It's the Holy Spirit because he loves you. He wants to wrestle that thing out of you. Watch this. Because in a day and age when we say we don't care what people think about you, God wants you to care to a degree. Because if you say, I don't care what people think about me, if I didn't care what people thought about me, then I would do anything that, that I want all in the name of fun, all in the name of freedom, and say, watch this, God knows my heart. We always say that. God knows my heart. I'm getting drunk, but God knows my heart, though. It's okay. You know what? We live in the New Testament. Stop being religious. Yet other people are seeing their pastor. Watch what above reproach is. Look at this slide, then I'm going to tell you an example, okay? I'm going to tell you an example. Now, put that slide up above reproach. You're going to see some scriptures on it. There's a lot. It's a little tiny, a little tiny, but I think it's in your, in your app, so um, it should be. Here's what a long definition of above reproach is. I looked it up. Are you ready? Above reproach means the Bible speaks of being above reproach or blameless as one of the distinctive marks of those who aspire the office of a leader or overseer in the church. You, some of you guys are like, whew, that's not me because I'm not a leader. Oh, great, great. Now, let's, let's keep reading. Because you should, if you love God, it doesn't matter if you're a leader or not. You should want to please God. Right? When he says he'll give you the desires of your heart, right, it says delight yourself in the Lord. And he'll give you the desires of your heart. But the desires of your heart should be something that pleases God if you love God. Now watch this. I'm going to continue. Leaders include, watch this, ready? Leaders include any elder, warden, deacon, clergy, and non-clergy, staff, and volunteer. Let me pause there. Volunteer. Male and female. Watch this. Their work for the church as well as their in- interactions with others are to be of such moral quality, please hear me, that they do not bring shame or in any way disgrace the body of Christ or the name of Jesus. This holds true not, watch this. Oh, I shot it. I got this from a definition, right? This holds true not only with the church but also outside the church. Not just what church people are saying. What are your neighbors that don't know the Lord saying about you? In my neighborhood, they know I'm not perfect, but there are several of them that call me PG, and they don't even go to church. You know why? Because at, well, I'm going to keep on reading, then I'll I'll tell you. Being above reproach is unconditional, oh, listen to this, is an unconditional prerequisite. Everybody say prerequisite. In other words, before you get that degree, there's a prerequisite. Watch this. Above reproach means that uh, is a prerequisite for a leadership role in the church. Mm. Let me pause and marinate on that one. If you want to be a leader in the church, you must have above reproach deep in your soul, anchored in your soul. It must be a truth in here, not just in here. Watch this. Above reproach means that leader's life is free from sinful habits or behaviors. Leader's life is free from sinful habits and behaviors. That would impede their setting the highest Christian standard and model for the church to emulate. And I gave you scriptures for those Bereans out there that want to test me out on that. Similarly, now this last sentence is powerful. 
listen to this. Listen to this last sentence. Similarly, the leader must not give cause for those outside the church to impunge its reputation. Being above reproach means that no one can honestly bring a charge or accusation against them. Let me, let me tell you what above reproach means to me, how I have lived above reproach. For years, even if there is, for rare exceptions, rare exceptions, I never get in a car by myself with the opposite sex that's not my wife. Listen, even if that person is a Christian and we're going to a meeting, it's on rare occasions. There's one, there's one occasion that, because I, I have above reproach, as a 14-year-old girl, there was a storm, like literally a storm. I'm like, mm-hmm. they're like, PG, could you take me home? I go, give me your phone, let me call your dad, because I just a spiritual daughter. Do I have your permission to get, there's a storm coming, and they're out of town. Can I take your, 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 your daughter with me? Yes, please, Pastor George, please. She has no one to get. Okay, that's fine. Good. Not that anything was going to happen, but I didn't want accusation from the devil. Come on, somebody. I didn't want people to say, what, what if, what, watch this, what if you guys are visitors, and you know who my wife is just back there, or some of you are new, and every time you see me or you bump into me, I'm with a different female by myself. Listen, in my, it, what may actually be happening is I may be having a meeting with them, or I may just be talking to them. But if you see that all the time, I'm giving you ammunition. But listen, that's what I'm saying. Above reproach is I think about what my reputation for God is going to be before I do something. Oh, that's so good. That's why you don't see me post that stuff like that. I could if I want to. I'm not trying to be religious here. I'm trying to say above reproach means people are watching you. Who do men say that I am? I heard that thundering in my spirit when I woke up. Who do men say that I am? And I felt the Lord say, talk about establishing godly reputation because people, there's some people that need a name change in the church. And listen, don't resist, don't resist the inner workings to have a reputation change. Here's the good news. If you have a bad reputation or reputation that can't be trusted, it can turn around. Through repentance, through, not, through being wise, watch this, and having this mentality above, above reproach in your soul like you have the fear of the Lord. Watch this. Cre- establish that phrase above reproach to be an anchor of your Christian life. Everything, watch this. I'm, I'm going to read this like I read it, all right? So I, won't, I, I, read, I wrote this down last night. Every event that we do, every place that we are with people, especially those that we are leading, must always be viewed as above reproach in every situation. In other words, give no place to the devil when it comes to the issues of things that can cause your reputation to be tainted as a godly man or godly woman. If you guys remember, this is one of the scriptures that I gave RCCA, our academy. Here are some clear examples of being above reproach. Do you guys want to be above reproach? Notice I'm not saying, I'm not beating you in the head by saying you got to be perfect. What I'm saying is there's, there has to be a an anchor of this reality for your reputation to be trusted. I remember years ago, I was, when we started the church, I was with a very well-known uh, man that if I would say their name is nationally recognized, and I was having lunch with them. So, you know, he picked me up in his Porsche, and I was like, oh, man, this is pretty, pretty, pretty awesome. So I'm having lunch with him, you know, and, and he's like, hey, so what's going on? I go, I want to start the church, but I, I don't want to make it about my personality. I want to make it about Jesus, right? I don't want to make it about me. And I never forget what he said because he kind of brought balance. He goes, yeah, 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 yeah. I understand that. 
I go, no, 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 really. I, I, like, I don't want the church to be about my personality. That's why you don't, you don't see my face in any other thing. I want it to be about Jesus. Now watch this. Watch what he said. Very confident. He goes, yeah, I, I understand that. He goes, but to a degree, the reason why they come is because they'll trust you. The reason why they stay, the reason why they stay is because there's something about your reputation that is safe. And I just, I just kind of paused and I was like, okay. That's not to glory on me or anybody, but what that means is your reputation has the ability to draw people to, your, to the Lord as a safe place. As a safe place. Some people won't ever come to a church because the pastor is not a safe place reputation-wise. They may be a womanizer, or they may be, the, the leadership may be, uh, uh, have a reputation of beating the people with money. Guess what? They don't stay. Look at 1 Timothy. Are you getting something this morning? 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through, t- uh, 1 through 10. Now watch this. this is, uh, now, everybody say re- godly reputation. Now listen, not just at church, at work. I want to challenge you, men, women. After today, who do people say you are? Who do people say you are in your family? Who do people say you are in your church, in your church family? Who do people say you are? Listen, when I, when I, before I read this scripture, I remember there's times that even my, when I'm walking around because I live the best way I can through the scriptures. I'm not one way, one a church, one way, the other. That's how you do the reputation. That's how you mess up your reputation. So I come in, and there was, there was times where I'm praying for people, and my next-door neighbors, they're just all having, you know, they're great people. They're having beers and stuff like that. I say, hey, guys, how you doing? I mean, this is like 20 people. How you guys doing? Hey, PG, how you doing, Georgie boy? Hey. That's what they call me, Georgie boy. So I remember one time, I'm like, you know, they're like, hey, listen, reputation, right? I didn't say a word. I just, ran, I just walked in the midst of them because they know I'm a man of God. But I wasn't intimidated by all that. I, we were lights. We were lights. We were like, hey, how you doing? Uh, they're all smoking, drinking, whatever. I said, I'm just kind of just being with them, right? And I said, hey, hey, PG, could you pray for my, my family? One of them, one of them because, you know, they're, they're, hey, also, could you, you know, pray for us? I, I said, you know what? Let's pray right now. It's, it was funny, but it was so moving. They're like, right now? Like, they, listen. <laughs> they had beer. <laughs> this, is, this is hilarious. They had beers. And hats on, right? They didn't let go of that beer, but they let go of that hat. <laughs> They're like, I'm like, let's do it right now. They're like, right now? They're like, okay. So they put their hat off, and then one hand they held the beer, and one hand they held my, the hand. It was in a circle. And she saw, like, I opened my eyes, and it it was like this sweet moment. I laughed inside because they're like, yes, we're barring their heads, put their cap off, but they're holding their beers. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Let them hold their beers. And I just bless them. I, I prayed for them. Let me tell you, so much so. Oh God, this is so powerful. Guess who they called when they needed someone for the funeral? They don't go to church. They don't go to church. PG, could you do my, my family's funeral? Why? I didn't make an announcement that I was a pastor. I lived like I'm a man of God. That's how it is. It's time to start caring what people say about you. Not to shape your identity, but to figure out what ammunition are you giving them, right? If I ask anybody in here, you may say, if, if I'm away and they say, what do you think about Pastor George, right? You may say, man, he, he has his issues sometimes. <laughs> uh, he, yeah, yeah, I do, yeah, I do. Oh, man, he, he may be hard to deal with. He may be a little over the top. But I guarantee you they ask, is he a man of God? Most of you, hopefully all of you say, <laughs> he is a man of God. Why? 
because of how I carry myself in public. That's how it is with you. You want to change your reputation? Start adjusting yourself to the scriptures. Watch this. Not with your heart, not with your mouth, but with your heart. You know what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 15? <laughs> this is like Jesus is really gangster. Let me tell you. There was a bunch of Pharisees there, and in John in Matthew 15, verse, I believe, 7 through 8. Okay? I didn't even give this scripture to the team. The Pharisees were there. And they're listening to him. And you know what he said to the Pharisees? He goes, well, did Isaiah, the prophet, prophesy of you? Then he goes, hypocrites. You draw near to me with your mouth, but your heart is far from me. In other words, glory to God. God, That's right, brother. God is good. God is good. Man, I hate that guy over there. Let me tell you something. I mean, I, I don't like him. He's always talking too much about holiness. Let us be free. We're, relig- We're so religious about here. Let me tell you, 1 Timothy says this. Look at 1 Timothy. Here it is. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. Are you marked? Get set. <laughs> Go, NLT. This is a trustworthy saying. Look at this. It's on the screen. If anyone aspires to be an elder or a leader or overseer, he desires an honorable position. Look at this, guys. So an elder must be a man, this is someone that is, has a reputation of a leader, right? Whose life is, come on, shout that with me. Wait, an elder or a leader, a leader in the church, right? Their life needs to be above reproach. He must be faithful to his wife. He must exercise self-control. He must live wisely and have good. What? Wait, I didn't hear you. Say what? Do you see that the Bible says you need to have a godly reputation? He says, you want to be a leader? You need to have a good reputation. What are they saying about you? One of the first things I do when someone wants to get on staff, if they have a pastor, a, a, a former pastor, I call that pastor. Hey, what is, what is this person? Who, who is this guy? Who is this person? Man, they're the real deal. Okay, why did they leave? If it's, if it's like, well, they just didn't submit. I'm like, okay, thank you for that. <laughs> right? Look, at, look, look, keep going. He must be, uh, have good reputation. He must have, he must enjoy having guests in his home. I'm still working on that one. And he must be able to teach. Watch this. This is a qualification of a leader, of an elder, okay? So just so you guys know, it's not me. He must not be a heavy drinker or be violent. Now, Pastor George didn't say that, all right? So don't look at me with your eyes like that. He must be gentle. Reputation. We're talking about reputation here. Not quarrelsome. Not love money. That's reputation. Hello? You getting me? See, some of you are getting healed right now. Because you've come from abusive leadership. Mm. And God wants to introduce you to not a perfect leadership, but to a leadership that wants to help you and wants to love God with you. This leader must manage his own family well. This, watch this. Here's a good one. Having children who respect and obey him. You could ask my kids. We all, we all have our junk, but they know when dad rises up, they're going to obey. No question. You could ask them. I could turn around and say, when, when your dad gets to the point that he demands obedience, is there obedience? You will, t- you will know the answer very clearly. Not because I'm, not, I'm trying to boast. It's because I'm trying to set the culture of my family. I'm not going to allow my children just to do what they want and talk to me how they want. <laughs> but watch this. That's, a, that's reputation. 
if I didn't care how they talked to me, Linda, 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 listen to me, Linda, Linda, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Coming from a Spanish family, I would have had a chancleta on my face before I even finished a sentence. If I would have said, Mom, I don't think, <laughs> go to your room, I don't think, I was just saying I'm going to go across the street, you know. That chancleta is vicious, boy. Spanish moms have that boomerang chancleta action. But listen, you know what she was doing when I was small? She was keeping me in check to make sure that, that I was obedient. Amen. Mm. We'll keep going that scripture. Keep going because I want to get somewhere. Oh, hurry up, hurry up. Okay. Uh, yeah, for, for if a man, watch this, watch this, watch this, this, watch this. Ready? Insert your name in there. Ready? For if a man cannot manage his own household, how can he take care of God's church? This is, watch this. I'm all talking about reputation here, right? How can he take care of God's church? Right? Watch this. I'm almost, almost done. An elder must not be a new believer because that new believer might become proud. See, that's why I don't go after zeal. I used to go after zeal, and it hurt me years ago. Oh, man, I want that one on my team. They're jumping around. They're praising. I'm like, oh, I want that one. Six months later, because there's no character development, and they don't refuse to get healed, and they don't want to get wrestling with the Lord, and they don't want that reputation changed, they lead other people astray. It must not be a new believer. Watch this. Why? Because that new believer might become proud, and the devil would cause him to fall. Ooh, this is some good preaching here. Keep going, keep going. Let the word speak. Also, people outside, oh my God. People outside the church, in other words, non-believers, must speak well of him. You didn't get that. That was your point to shout. People on the, I feel the Holy Spirit, must speak well of him so that he will not be disgraced and fall into the devil's trap. That means even unbelievers should say, look, I, I may not agree with him, but that man... He lives what he says. Or that woman, that woman, he, 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 she, I see her praying. She's a woman of God. Could you imagine that, you know, you know what, yeah, I heard this phrase, I don't know if it's true or not, but our bad reputation fuels the tendency for people to call us hypocrites. Bad reputation fuels hypocrisy. You're praising the Lord and even leading people into the things of the Lord. And when something gets wrong, we're bleepity bleep beep 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 bleep beep beep. Sometimes you can't tell the difference between a Christian and a worldly person anymore. <laughs> all right, I'm going to continue. In the same way, deacons, deacons, which means just servant leaders, really, all right? Deacons, everybody say deacons. That means really the rest of you, in a sense right, servers, must be well-respected and have integrity. They must not be heavy drinkers. Wow, that's the second time. Paul must be on to something with Timothy. They must not be heavy drinkers or dishonest with money. These are deacons. These are lower level in the sense than elders. So you deacons out there, you have a responsibility to live right before the Lord. They must, they must be committed to the ministry of the faith now revealed and must live a, with a clear conscience. The last, last verse. Look at this. Verse 10. Before they are appointed as deacons, let them be closely examined. If they pass the test, let them serve as deacons. 
See, we don't, we don't read these scriptures in, the, in, in, in church anymore. Example of being above reproach. What language are you using in front of people? How are you living in front of people? Right? What kind of jokes are you saying in front of people? All that it needs to be above reproach. And this is something good for me. Listen, what videos are you allowing your, your sons, your daughters that are minors to watch? Are you controlling the culture of your house, parents, or are your kids controlling the culture of your house? Oh, Pastor George, why did you say that? You control the culture of your church. You control the culture of your house. I said it before and I'll say it again. Some people say, I want a church that's a clapping church. Well, great. When you come to church, clap and it'll be a clapping church because you're the church. Well, I want a church that's on fire. Great. When you come, you be on fire and the church will be on fire. I want a shouting church. Great. When you come to church, shout. Hey. All right, I want the worship team to come up here. That was a good time, and we had an organ, man. So, but Matt, worship team, come up here. <laughs> listen, listen. Everybody say reputation. People are watching you. And based on what you do, you give them the ammunition to determine a name. Who do people say I am? Jesus wanted to know. What are they saying? What are they saying? I know who I am, but who do you say I am? What are they saying? All of them connotated Jesus with godly people. Are they connotating you? Now, this may be convicting, but it's good. It is good because Jesus wants to change our reputation. Why? So we could affect the world. So we could affect people. Listen, and today, maybe God is pricking you while I'm preaching and saying, man, I have a reputation of gossiping. I have a reputation of lying. I have a reputation in my job of being the saddest person in my job. You know what's sad? When worldly people are are trying to counsel Christians. They're like, it's going to be okay, brother. (laughs) They don't don't even know the Lord. Hey, Christian filled with the Holy Ghost tongue talker. Hey, you, lift up your head. Hey, don't worry about it. I'm going to go get a drink, but you're going to be okay. That's sad, isn't it? It should be the other way around. It should be you may be having a bad day. You show up to work and you're smiling because you spent time with the Lord. Hey, what's going on? And you don't even mention that. You say, you know what? All is well. God is good. What do you mean? I just saw you. You, don't, you, 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 you lost your car and you had an accident and all that stuff. You lost your money. I know. But you know what? I have the peace that passes all understanding. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. But you know what? I spend a little time with God and I've learned that this is not my identity and this is just stuff. And you know what? How can I pray for you? The other day, if you saw me, I, I went on Facebook Live, and I was in severe pain, and I said, how can I pray for you? Pray for Lord. Glory to God. I did it on purpose. I'm like, you know what, devil? I'm going to offer prayer to other people, healing to other people, because you're not going to stop me from serving God and serving other people. So how can I pray for you? Man, I got, like, inboxes all over the place, and I'm limping. They're like, but I'm praying for them. Why? Why? Because your reputation should be not wavering. It should be someone that you've spent time with the Lord. Listen, and all is well. You want to talk about above reproach? Years ago, I'll never forget this. This this tears me up. To this day, it tears me up. Javier, not, not on Cuba, but we were 
we were in a mission trip to Brazil years ago when I was a youth pastor. And in this, in Brazil, we were, I was with a whole bunch of teenagers. I was like what Tiffany was doing. I was the youth pastor of a very, of a very large youth ministry. And I was, we built it from scratch. And so we took teams to missions, right? So we had about 15 teens and young adults. And they were doing dramas in the streets and they're doing stuff. But if you know anything about Brazil, they, 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 they. I mean, just this, there was very, like they had this carnival thing that they do, carnival, whatever. And so we're walking in the street, true story, and we're walking back from, from a mission assignment, and we're walking, all of us, to our destination, right? And I kid you not, I don't know if it was the enemy or not, but coming right on the corner, and I saw from a distance, they're all talking, look, 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 that was powerful, blah, blah, blah. and here, me, I'm the shepherd, I'm trying to protect them. I see this lady coming, and she has a super tight dress up to here. I'm talking about... You can almost see everything other than it was, it was not a dress. It was like a dental floss. You know, it was like, it was like I mean, like, I wasn't even, I was like, oh, oh okay. All right. We've got to do something about this. Because I knew teenagers were going to be like, man, that's awesome. Whoa. I don't want them to stumble. So I go, hey, we're going to go this way. We're going to go this way. They're like, Pastor George, the destination is that way. I, I said, we're going to go this way. I know we're going to, but, but why? They didn't understand because they didn't see it. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it coming. And I, I turned, I said, no, we're going to go the other way, right? So we went a longer way and then went back around and then we got to our destination and we didn't counter that trouble. Watch this, above reproach. Everybody say above reproach. Say reputation. Got there. This is what teared me up. I got to the destination. We're doing stuff. We're getting ready to do our next event in Brazil. One of my spiritual daughters said, can I talk to you for a second? Sorry. I saw what you did. So what are you talking about? She said, I know what you did. There was a woman coming. And I saw you turning. You did that on purpose, didn't you? I said, yes, I did. You know what she said? She said, that makes me want to trust you even more. the church and you are the church for them you are Jesus to them everybody say reputation we have reputation I'm closing three with three look at that that slide entities that know your reputation do you know that there's three main entities that know your reputation sometimes better than you sometimes we're blinded by our own faults that we don't realize that our reputation is of someone that has become bitter has anybody struggled with bitterness in your life or hurt do you realize that if you don't get you you will have a reputation of that even the words you say put that slide up again put that slide up again there are three main entities that know our reputation okay Three main entities that know your reputation. The first one we talked about. Look at the first one. From people. So, 
people know your reputation. That's like my spiritual daughter. They, she knew my reputation. From that day forward, my reputation in her eyes was, this is a shepherd that cares. Does it mean that I was without flaw? Beyond, uh, of course not. But in her eyes, I was a shepherd that cares because my reputation showed it. You know who the second person, the second entity that knows your reputation? Satan. Satan knows your reputation. And sometimes we're not powerful against him because we're trying to cast out something that he knows we were involved in with all of our lives. You, you, know, you know how I know that the enemy knows your reputation? Think about this. This is scary, right? Do you know that sometimes we're ineffective because we're giving the enemy ammunition by the way we live? You could fool people. I'm, I'm not here's here's this is going to sound almost blasphemous but you can't fool the devil I'm not even talking about God yet okay you don't believe me do you Acts chapter 19 I'm going to show you this is good stuff isn't it today your reputation is on trial it's on trial are you popping off on the mouth at, at, at dinner tables are you the argumentative one in your family and you're the Christian are you always trying to prove get the last word do you walk humbly are you submissive who do men say that I am if I could be honest with you some of you you've built a reputation that in your eyes you say that it's gossip but there's a degree of truth because you are the one who gave them that ammunition remember by definition Webster Dictionary you can't build your definition you can't build your reputation unless people see you doing something Acts chapter 19, verse 13 through 16. Look at this. Seven sons of Sceva. You guys remember them? They saw Paul. I'm sorry. They saw saw people casting out demons, real demons, at the name of Jesus. And they wanted power because they were sorcerers and they were all these uh, divination people, right? They're like, hey, I, I want that in my resume. I can read palms, but man, I can't cast out demons. I want to do that. Listen to this. Everybody say reputation. Ready? Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits. Mind you, they had no relationship with Jesus. And then they said, we exorcise you, watch this, by the Jesus who Paul preaches. They're giving themselves away. They're they're not even tricking the demon. They're like, we don't even know Jesus. But by the Jesus that Paul preaches, we cast you out. Now watch what the demon said. There were seven, wait, what? Okay, oh yeah, who did so? Seven sons of Sceva. Jewish priests did so. And the evil spirit said, this is how they know your reputation. Jesus, everybody say, I know. Wait, wait, Jesus, I know. Watch this. And Paul, I know. But who are you? Who do men say that? You you, you want power? Oh, 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 I heard that. Are you known in hell? Uh, do you walk in power or are you on his side they were trying to cast out a demon without any relationship with the Lord and the reputation was was people that weren't serving the Lord so what was the result the demon says I know you I, 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 I know Paul has authority over me 
but you have no authority over me. Look, look, look what the next verse says. That's the scary part. Then the man whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them. So they fled out of the house naked and wounded. That demon tore that person up that tried to have a godly reputation and wasn't living it. Many in that day shall say, Lord, Lord, haven't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we do miracles in your name? Yes, you did. At one time, when you had some relationship with me, you did. But then you fell away. And you felt like there's no repentance. And he says, depart from me, for I never knew. There's that word again. Are you known in heaven? Are you known in hell? See, I, I, I could come in. It's not about if you claim you know him, do, does he know you? Now watch this. You know the third person that gets our, our, our reputation? I'm closing right now. From God. God also knows your reputation better than you know your reputation. And sometimes he knows your reputation in a very good way and you're viewing yourself very badly. But sometimes you realize that your reputation in his eyes is maybe fooling everybody else but not fooling him. Look at this, look at this one of these last scriptures. You ready? Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit, don't you? Revelations 3 verse 1. Here it is. I'm, I'm, I'm closing. Revelations 3 verse 1. I'm going to use like these next four points real quick. What does it say? Read that with me. And to the angel of the church of Sardis, this is the, 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 the Lord is coming to, to, to say this. Write these words. The words of him who has the seven spirits of God. I know. See that word know again? I know the real deal. In other words, I know the real you. I know your works. You have a reputation of being alive, but you're really dead. Now, I'm not saying that to whip you. What I'm saying is, he knows your real reputation. What he's saying is, in front of the eyes of the people, you are just clapping it up and you are shouting. You are excited, but it's a bunch of hype, but this, you're dead. You're really not alive. You're just going through the motions so that people won't point at the deficiencies that you may have about your lack of holiness or lack of fire to the Lord. This is the call. God is calling us to have a reputation, again, that people can trust in you. Now, how do you guard your reputation? And, and you can take a picture of this. Four quick things, how you guard your reputation. All right? Number one, keep your word and the promises you make to people. You want to have a good reputation? Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Don't, don't say that you're going to do something and then don't do it. Because it will destroy your credibility in the eyes of people. That's why, I, that's why God could be trusted. Because he said, whatever comes out my mouth, it will not return to me void. You can bank on it. When they were on the boat and they said, we're going to go on the other side, we're going to go to the other side. People missed that revelation. He went down and slept. The storm came. Ah, ah, ah. He got up. He goes, you little faith. But really what he was saying is, what I said was, we're going to go to the other side. It's going to happen. No matter what the storm is. Woo. No matter what the rain is. We're going to get to the other side together. That's for you, somebody. We're going to get through this together. No matter what the storm in your life is. No matter what the rain is happening. You can go to sleep. Because if I said it, it's going to happen. You just need to ride with me. Ride with me. Keep your word. Everybody say, keep my word. And the promises you make. 
listen to this. Your legacy, no, 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 that's the second one. Listen, your legacy is linked to your reputation. Did you hear me? That was a good place to say amen. Your legacy is linked to your reputation. If you have a bad reputation, you will never have a powerful legacy. That's right, someone's over there, praise God. Number two, number two, how you guard your reputation? Don't be unstable. Everybody say, don't be unstable. In other words, don't believe God one day and then then doubt that he would exist the next day. Don't say, God is good, and then say, what's up with God? I know, I've lived by experience. And I had to get to the point where people tell me, how are you doing? I no longer say my condition because I don't want I don't want to be identified anymore through my affliction. So I just shake my head. That's all right. I'm learning to do that. I don't want to be unstable. Neither do you. So if you want to keep your reputation, say what you mean, right? Do what you do. Don't be unstable. If God told you to do something, do it. Number three, this is key. I talked about this. Consciously know, this is how you guard your reputation. Consciously know that people are watching your actions. Consciously know. You know, you know, we would act so different if we were told next week all your thoughts are going to be displayed on the screen for RCC. All your actions, right? You're going to be like, okay, oh my God, I'm going to fast for a whole week because you know that God is watching, even though He is. But when you have a conscious awareness that that people are watching you, it'll also keep you in check. So you have to understand, we we are living for the Lord, but we're also ministering to people. All right, and the last thing is that we're going to pray. Live what the scriptures say. Actions speak louder than words. I want everybody to stand up right now. We're going to worship for a second. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, 
please visit remnantchristiancenter.com. <music>